Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 351. The record high was 75 on this day in 1946. It was 5 degrees in 1921. Ice out on Lake Minnetonka today in 1910, 1981, and 2017. Uh, on White Bear Lake, I won't be here to tell you, but ice out was March 29, which will be Sunday in 1945 and 1981. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Murray wants me to uh, tell the governor that golfers' lives matter, and we have 14 weapons in each bag. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. It's hitting close to home, boys. I'll what say. do you got? I got a neighbor two doors down is in the hospital with coronavirus. Um, he, he had visited Spain, okay. re- returned, was checked at the airport, and deemed healthy and went home and got terribly sick. How, how soon from when he left the airport did he become ill? How many? Uh, was it a day? That, that I don't know. I only learned this uh, from the girls in the neighborhood, meaning the local mothers who are always outside standing six feet apart jabbering. And uh, they told me that yesterday. <laughs> mm-hmm. The hands. Kenny, I yeah. tried something, and I, I, I'm going to make a confession here. I, I've about had it. Uh, with with I, me? Uh, no. A lot of people, uh, in fact, so many people, are looking to uh, television as an escape that apparently the wheel of thought on things like Netflix is really slowing down. Yes. Yep. Uh, the internet is getting stressed. But uh, against my better judgment, I took your recommendation. Oh, good. Uh, last night. Yeah. And tried the Tiger King. Yes. Uh, starring Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic. Yeah. And I gave that a half hour and said, bleep this crap. <laughs> I don't care about crazy people. You, I just, they don't entertain me. You are one of very few smart people that I have met. Uh, because most of us are just roped in. As a matter of fact, I watched the first whole episode, and, and I had the same thought, no way, I'm not going to do it. The next day, I watched four more. <laughs> and that's why I'm avoiding it, because I know I will become obsessed with it. It's just, and it gets, it, you think the first 30 minutes were weird, Joe. Wait till you get to, like, episode four uh, five, or five. Wow. Well, he, you know, this guy's in jail. Yes, and he's filed a he's filed a lawsuit ninety four well, million dollar lawsuit. Do you care about uh, 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 spoiler alerts at all? I don't care because I'm not going to watch it. But what about GLers? Well, wait, I don't. You GLers are smarter than you. You hate the email now. <laughs> yeah, maybe we shouldn't talk about how. It anyway, ends. I can't. Uh, I can't see this nonsense. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, honest to God, you know maybe it's a function of age. Uh, I. I, I my reading has been improving. I, I really got to recommend Jim Harrison. If you haven't read Jim Harrison, Hold on. Jim write it down. Harrison. Put this on the author's corner. That's why I'm writing her down, Brian. Hey, Jim Harrison, what did he do? Jim Harrison, uh, uh, read Brown Dog. 
That's a collection of short stories. Okay. And the one I'm reading now is The Great Leader. Uh, they're all set in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And his writing is uh, extraordinary. He's a wonderful, wonderful writer. And sorry, sorry. So it was Brown Dog. Brown well, Dog is a collection of short stories. And what was the other one? Uh, the current one I'm reading. Well, he's written about 25 books. The current one I'm reading is The Great Leader. The Great Leader. Okay. Where this uh, detective in uh, Munising has retired at the age of 65 but can't shake the case of this cult leader who had established a presence uh, 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 in the Upper Peninsula, and it's it's hounding this guy. It's a very noir detective story, a very noir. And I, I having spent some time in the Upper Peninsula, I just love the locations. I just I, love the locations. I've always wondered how you pronounce that town. I've always said Munsing, not no, it's knowing. Mu- I think it's Munising. Okay. Munising, Marquette, uh, Ottenagen. Uh, I've been to all I've been to all them places. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, if you, if if Kenny, uh, if you would go on the uh, here, I'll do it. I'll do it because I, I want to stick with this for a moment. Because oh, I'm I can do it. Days of Our Lives hasn't started yet. <laughs> I uh, wonder why I my patience is sometimes tried. Uh, Jim Harrison, because I'm sure you've heard of some of his books. In fact, I'd be surprised, uh, despite your public image, Kenny. I know you're a reader. Uh, and I'm very, uh, he just died recently at the age of 78. Oh my God. He looks like Hemingway. <laughs> yeah. Garrison Keeler of all people was a buddy of Jim Harrison. Oh, he looks uh, like a hard drinker. Uh, well, drinking plays an extraordinary role, uh, in all of his books. Uh, I am not finding what I want there. I'm sure you have read. He was born in Grayling. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just bear with me. This is very uh, this is very worth it. Uh, uh, Legends of the Fall. Oh yeah, well, that's Jim Harrison. Oh, the English major. Uh, oh wow, These braided are... braided creek. Huge books. Uh, oh, there uh, he's extraordinary. Uh, Farmer, uh, Dalva, uh, the woman lit by fireflies. True North, Brown Dog. It's a collection of novellas. I can't recommend it enough. And uh, I'm trying to figure out a way I can say uh, it's somewhat uh, rough-hewn for me to say this, but he is uh, an extraordinary writer. Uh, But various themes ring through the books, and and that is uh, a lot of sexual themes and and, uh, drinking themes and but uh, I, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, you'd, you'd really enjoy this guy. So that's what I'm doing. And I'd rather read uh, uh, Jim, a Jim Harrison novel than watch this fruitcake uh, pet a pet lion or whatever the hell he's doing. Yeah. Uh, throwing yeah, a tennis a... ball to a tiger or whatever well, he's doing. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, I, I can't, there's no way I can defend Joe Exotic. So you're right. You really can't. <laughs> no, no, there's no defense. Well, it's the definition of a guilty pleasure. Isn't it? Yeah, it's like watching two. Yeah, I can't even compare it to anything. It's just the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Might we turn to our friend, America's friend, Dr. Tony Fauci? Please. He is uh, saying, as uh, charitably and as carefully as he has had to do to navigate around. Uh, the president who thinks Easter was 250 years ago, and he and two Corinthians in the Easter Bunny went and pushed the rock back. Uh, 
uh, he is uh, saying in defense of the president, he's letting the president down gently. He's saying uh, an Easter reawakening of this country, uh, however symbolic symbolic that would be, by the way, uh, is entirely aspirational and entirely unlikely. Sure, it's a pep talk. Entirely yeah. unlikely. That's all it is. Pep yeah. talk. And I don't think there's anything wrong with him having the pep talk. In all honesty, we need have a goal. Who cares? Uh, yeah, exactly. I know I need cheering up. Well, felt well. You want to take your cheering from a guy who thinks Easter was 250 years ago? <laughs> well, that <laughs> uh, at this point, anybody. <laughs> yeah, anybody. right. Uh, uh, Fauci says that with the numbers of cases increasing, uh, as soon as Easter is certainly not the time to pull back. That's when you have to hunker down, nail down, mitigate, mitigate, mitigate. Get the people taken care of, Fauci said. That's what you got to concentrate on. You have to go with the data. Uh, Trump earlier this week said he wants the nation open up and raring to go by Easter. I wish that was the case. I'm on the I'm on the Trumper's side on that. But the uh, increasing numbers of the illness do not bear any witness to that. Speaking of that, um, I retweeted something, gentlemen. From a gentleman by the name of Michael Thalen. He is a freelance journalist covering uh, all things for the Daily Dot. Mm-hmm. And he has a videograph. Kenny can see it here in the background. That shows the location yeah. data of phones that were on the Florida beaches during spring break. Mm-hmm. And then it shows where those phones traveled in the days after. And it is bleeping frightening. How many phones traveled back to the... Uh State of Minnesota. Oh, Joe, just go to Twitter right now and Bleep, go look at it. Bleep they're tons, all over. Joe. They're all over the Midwest. Well, let me let me tell you something. First of all, what's the website? It's not a website. It's a it's a tweet. Well, it, you know, and again, I'm old. Uh, it's 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 hard for the old mayor to come around and get my news from the tweet. Yeah, I, I saw that email. Um, you know. Stop letting these people speak for you. Yeah. How, how do I know some fruitcake didn't go on the tweet and invent this? Now, I don't doubt, by the way, that spring breakers were on the beaches, and I don't doubt they had their cell phones, but uh, I don't know what mechanism this fellow would have used to track okay, the— Okay, uh, well, then how about instead of making a grandiose statement like a lot of the emailers like to do, uh-huh. look at it first and then come to a conclusion. Is it on my phone? Oh, Jesus. Huh? <laughs> oh, Here's what? my phone. Hey, Joe. Uh, never mind. Well, and it's yeah, because I got mind. beat up for what I said yesterday What'd you by say? a lot of people. When I went on the, a bit of a, not rant, but I got upset because there are still a lot of people that aren't taking this seriously. Well, you have to calm down, and I have the I news for you. Down. I, I have the news. Down. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What is that? That was, um, I just clicked on that tweet he talked about. Shrimp vendor at Wuhan Market may be coronavirus Patient zero. This is from the New York Post, but also the Wall Street Journal. A shrimp peddler at the Chinese market where the coronavirus pandemic likely began has been identified as one of the first victims of the disease and possibly patient zero. The 57-year-old woman identified by the Wall Street Journal as Wei Guxian was the first person from the now-notorious Hunan market in Wuhan to test positive for the deadly bug. I'm going to read you this because it's sobering. She was at work December 10 when she developed what she thought were cold symptoms. Chinese outlet The Paper reported. So she walked to a small local clinic for treatment and then went back to work, likely spreading the contagion. 
I felt a bit tired, but not as tired as previous years, she told the paper, according to a translation by Newscom.au. Every winter, I always suffered from the flu, so I thought it was the flu. She visited a local clinic on December 11 and received an injection, but didn't feel any better, so she went to the 11th Ward Hospital in Wuhan. I don't know why she didn't go to the 10th. The doctor... (laughs) The doctor at the 11th hospital could not figure out what was wrong with me and gave me pills, we told the Chinese outlet. But those didn't work either. By then I felt worse and uncomfortable, we said. I did not have strength or energy. On December 16th, we went to Wuhan Union Hospital, one of the city's biggest, to get checked out. Note that in this time frame, she was still able to get in and out of hospitals. They weren't crowded. On December, I said that. A doctor there prescribed her illness as ruthless and told her several other people from the same market had already come in with similar symptoms. By the end of the month, she was quarantined when doctors finally established a link between the emerging bug and the seafood market. A December 31st statement from the Wuhan Municipal Health Commission revealed that we was among the first 27 patients to test positive for COVID-19 and one of 24 cases with direct links to the seafood market. We, who has since recovered and left the hospital in January, and this is the rough part, says she thinks she contracted the infection from a market toilet in the market she shared with meat sellers and others, Mm. according to the journal. Oh, God. Uh, The vendors who work on either side of we, along with one of her daughters, a niece, and the niece's husband, also caught the deadly bug. A lot Fewer people would have died in the country if the government had acted sooner, we told the Wall Street Journal in February. I wonder how she got away with that. We may have been patient zero at the market, but it's still unclear if she was the first person to ever contract the novel coronavirus in the country. Since the start of the outbreak, 81,897 uh, COVID-19 cases, uh, cases have been reported in China. John Hopkins University data shows worldwide more than a half million have been infected. The U.S. is the new epicenter of the outbreak. Have we passed 100,000 cases? We're at 91,255 currently. Okay, this was written today at 9.15 a.m., reporting 85,986 cases mm. in America. Now... Time again to address the salon. Uh, We have arrived at the conclusion that everything the salon has advocated for us is wrong in a world of pandemics. High-density housing, crowded public transportation, communally shared bicycles, ban on drive-thrus, your own personal cloth bag. Everything they have advised is wrong. You cannot practice physical distancing. That's Mike Osterholm's new term, by the way, and I think he's wise to use it. We're not social distancing. We're physical distancing. Right. We're, we're keeping uh, a new message to the salon and all of the young, spoiled people like Ilhan Omar and occasional, uh, whatever her name is, uh, Cortex and Rashid Tlaib, and all of these other smart-ass young people who think they know what's wrong with the world, and what's wrong with the world is the way we live is harming the earth, and they intend to do something about it. No. Just as the salon, locally, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, has to completely reinvent their thinking 
for the future. They should immediately start by throwing out the 2040 plan, by the way, which only increases urban density and eliminates zoning that protects single-family housing. They should throw that out and start over. Not only should the salon engage in that, but on a world effort, not enough attention has been paid to people who have completely unsanitary living conditions, even in times of good health. If you want a major, major global problem, it's providing sanitation systems, sewer systems, and toilets to billions of people who do not have that. Here's a woman who quite probably infected this uh, from using this toilet in the in the market. Can you imagine? Ugh. Can you imagine the uh, the the desperate condition of that of that bathroom? Uh, in a crowded, wet food market, uh, a toilet shared by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of vendors. We don't know what the uh, sanitizing situation was there. Do they? Does it even have a sink? My point is that we, we have become so spoiled and so entitled in this country that we have even managed to elect to positions of high power in this country, senators and uh, congresspeople, who believe that the real problems that face us are the way we live, Americans, the way we live. No, the problems facing the world are the millions and billions of poor people who don't even have a facility to go to the bathroom indoors, much less than wash their hands and have sanitizer. If the world wanted to engage in a moral and humanitarian effort, it would be to bring to the world sanitation. And a great, I, I, I got to think, that would go a long way in curing the pandemics of the future, which, as we sit here today, strike me as plausibly inevitable. Inevitable. Do you think it's an achievable goal? Yes, if you put your mind to it. Bill Gates uh, has been interviewed lately. He was calling this as recently, or as late uh, 2015. As, as far back as 2015. And his theory, I didn't listen to all of it, his theory is we play war games all the time. The world plays war games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's not condemning that. They're necessary in preparation for conflict. But he said, and I'm going to paraphrase it, we have to start playing sanitation games. We have to start committing resources to providing help to people around the world who can't even take a, a can't even go to the bathroom. I caught myself. Yeah, you who, did. who can't even go to the bathroom in a sanitary situation. This is what should concern these young, spoiled bartenders who overnight become congresswomen. Are you kidding me? Where is their concern? Where is their empathy? Where is their heart for the people around the world who this this Mrs. Wee Gooksan or whatever her name is? This is what she does for a living. But wait she a minute. Wor- why why would that be the job of a U.S. representative to fix plumbing issues in China? Moral integrity. Well, I'm just saying. Maybe it's not their, shut up, Reavers. Maybe it's not their job to fix it. It's their job to have it on their radar as a dynamic that's far more important than what kind of car you drive. That's my point. 
I'm nodding because you told me to shut up. Uh, and, you can speak again. And okay. it was an excellent, excellent point. I, yeah. I, I think you're dead on. I, I think you just knocked one out of the park. I also have a bad cartoon bubble now, so thanks for that, Joe. I really do, too. But um, I don't I don't blame you, and I don't blame me. We do play pandemic games, too. I mean, you know, and this has unfolded the way a lot of the games have unfolded with these worldwide diseases. You know, it very well may be uh, that in the future United States, uh, I probably won't be here, especially if I get this damn thing. Uh, but maybe, in, you know, along with armories in each town, maybe they are, there are ventilator warehouses with hundreds of thousands of ventilators. I think we're probably working towards that goal. I, I think we have to. Yeah. I, what? I, I, Go ahead. What evidence, what, what, why should we believe that this episode is a one-off? No, we, I think we've been talking about that for a few weeks that we know this isn't, we know this is just the beginning. Absolutely. Yep. Um, and hasn't, what do you call him, Father Cuomo? Is that what you've been calling him? I have, but I'm, I, I'm back to just Andrew. Yeah. So Andy, <laughs> Uncle Andy. Uncle uh, Andy, yeah. He's, he's talking that. He's talking stockpiling these things for the future. Um, I've heard him mention that. It's unconscionable uh, that healthcare workers uh, don't have masks and gloves and face shields. It is. It really and, is. and in the future, that's going to have to change. Uh, in the well, future, and, and we've had it in the past. Let me, I'm almost done. We've had it in the past. We've had offices of pandemic preparedness, but apparently not enough attention was focused on it. Do you think, do you feel that we need to start playing the blame game with the fact that we don't have enough right now? The fact that we've got housewives across America? Or I I shouldn't, no, let me retract that. Not housewives. We've just got people across America making homemade masks, etc. Is the blame game even worth it? Uh, Good point. I say no. What's the point? It's here. I don't cry over spilt milk in life. It's here. It's how we're going to deal with it now and mm-hmm. ongoing that's going to make all the difference in the world. And let me return to the to the world, which has shrunk through the democratization of travel and jet travel and, and what have you. We're, we're constantly crossing each other's paths around the world, wherever we are. And it's around the world that needs as much help as anywhere. It's, it's the poor areas. Of, my God, I sound like a desperate euphorian. It's the poor areas of the world. My focus, if I was king, my focus would be trying to figure out how to sanitize the world. That would be my focus. I think that's a worthy goal, and I, I think we could achieve great things. I don't think it could be um, fully but fully done. The but. other thing that we're also in the game of right now and have been for the past week plus is you apparently now, and I'm not one of but you apparently are either for the revitalization of the economy yeah. or you're for saving lives, this which is, is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard yeah, in my life. It's a r- very frustrating argument, and it's getting us nowhere. It isn't. You're right. Why can't you be – you know what? Uh, I'm in the camp of I'd like to do both. (laughs) I think that's a wise camp. Uh, I do wonder why we can't do both things, although the preservation of life should trump the economy in the event. We can't do both things. Thank you. I mean, that's what makes this country great is, yes, the economy is taking a hit. A lot of businesses probably will not reopen. But I have no doubt that we will rebound from this. Don't you guys? Oh, I I think we will too. I don't know when. I I have a sad thought. I I I think that the fair is a great binding moment 
in the annual lives of Minnesotans. And based on what we know today, I don't see the fair opening. I don't either. They're talking enthusiastically about it. All systems go. Jerry Hammer is saying what he has to say. But given what we know today, if we didn't, if we don't peak soon, why in God's name would we think we're going to put 2 million people on the fairgrounds? In fact, wasn't that one of Cuomo's lines as he thinks they're 21 days away from peaking in, in New York alone? Mm-hmm. Which is a and, and I don't, thought. I, I don't know what peaking means. Does that mean it's done? Or does that no. mean? Does that just mean the spread has slowed to manageable levels? Yeah, it, that's where it starts ebbing. It rolls back the wave. Flatlining, yeah. Because all we're trying to do now in Minnesota, and I think Minnesotans have been very good at it, because it's not funny. It's 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 serious to say Minnesotans have been practicing social distance as part of their social dynamic. Yeah. We are not Chicago, New York, L.A., and Philadelphia. We're a completely different mindset. We're more than happy to essentially leave each other alone in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So, so we've been doing a good job at the social distancing. But all we're doing is buying time, and we need to buy that time. We're buying the time to get the hospitals ready for an inevitable spike, which has been, according to data, predicted. And this spreads so easy, Such, that just think if we did do the fair and only one person had it and one person walked those grounds all day long, 9 a.m. to 4 or 5 p.m., think of how many people would leave that state fair with that virus. Well, how many people did we gooksian at her shrimp booth in the wet market? How many, if she in the fact entire was, planet. If she in fact was patient zero, the planet is yeah, now at risk. The entire planet. Yeah. And this is something I kept thinking during your uh, brilliant soliloquy there. Um, this is quit some- being so nice to me. I hate that. <laughs> That's not you. It's not natural, and it's unnecessary. Quit being so nice. I don't to like me. when people are nice to me. I'm not used to it. It'll it'll stop next Monday because I no longer have to forward your emails to you, and I, I can't. <laughs> I swear to God Almighty, I cannot yeah. take these emails from I these don't blame people. you. I don't blame you. Um, well, listen, you stupid jackass. That's better. There um, we go. There this, we go. I forgot the point. We <laughs> No, the point is we've known about this forever and ever and ever since the Dark Ages, since the plague. We, mm. we, we've known that it has to do with sanitary conditions and bleeping in the streets. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So this is something we've known about, but we've chosen to ignore mm-hmm. in, in certain societies. Where's the email from the chief offsite correspondent? Oh, Man, is this the one about uh, Nancy? He can be. He no. Reavers, you know what? You'd be. I set it up now so the emails that go to his yeah. his uh, his address go right to his house, so you don't have to look at them either. Got it. Well, he can be so cruel, Terry Kelsey, the chief offsite correspondent. Well, I don't mind the regulars, you know, Jordy Kelsey, uh, Sanibel, Jim, because I know they're in on it. It's these random one-offs that just. Easy. The, the random one-offs are the lifeblood, the mother's milk of a podcast. The mayor had quite a day on uh, Wednesday, writes Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey. First, he embraced his French ancestry and surrendered to a physical threat made concerning his foghorning of a child's doodled name. Yeah, See, so yeah. that's funny. 
Later he tried his later he tried his best to scare the listeners with sketchy medical advice concerning Advil's impact on COVID nineteen. Again, in on the bit. He gets I it. I know you're on a podcast, but there is a reason talk show hosts aren't supposed to dispense medical advice on the air. I have scoured several sources and I have been unable to find any any evidence to back up your friend the doctor who sent you that email. Your friend the doctor isn't by any chance your friend who works at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kelsey makes one good point. Well, he makes many good points, but the point he makes is it, it's probably wise counsel to stay away from anything having to do with actual medications, right? Okay. Uh, if you want to research Advil on your own, go ahead. I continue to get it from extremely reliable sources, including Mrs. Reavers, yes. that it's wise counsel to think long and hard about taking Advil. Chris, what has Mrs. Reavers said about this? Well, she heard, because she's a daily listener now, I'm not sure why, uh, but she heard your uh, statement the other day, um, but she said, because she's been telling me for a week plus to stop taking Advil, that it, but she's unaware if it can accelerate if you do contract the virus. She's not saying that that's wrong. She's just saying that she's unaware at this point. But she and has un- said to stop taking it. And unlike us, who are only surrounded by us, she's ar- surrounded by people who know what they're talking about. Right, exactly. And right. that and that's why I, with my why I got so worked up yesterday is because people like her and the people that she works with are dealing with those that still continue to think that this is being blown way out of proportion, and they find it truly maddening that people aren't taking it serious. I uh, I understand. I understand. Did you get uh, Terry's other email, by the way? Uh, or, sorry, I... Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey. Uh, help me. Uh, we were talking yesterday about NPR and MPR, uh, whether they were going to broadcast the Trump press conferences. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Joe, yeah. not only... Are they a public broadcasting company threatening to stop broadcasting Trump press conferences? Nancy Pelosi managed to sneak $75 million for NPR into the coronavirus emergency stimulus package. She should be ashamed of herself. Uh, And here's the sad realization. And he sent the the email to the story, by the way. The political class, in addition to living life in America, completely different and separate from the rest of us. That has that has uh, infected them yep. to the point where they don't have senses of shame. No, nope. they don't have shame. They don't go to the box and feel shame. You know, they don't go. You stay in the box for feel shame for two minutes, and then, then you, you get, get free. free. Then you get free. <laughs> they don't have shame. It's it's their life they're dealing with. They're not dealing with us. They're dealing with whatever they have to do to stay in power. And it has nothing to do with you and me. Nothing. Zero. It's a shame. Uh, would, that's, you would that's think a, an event like this, Joe, a global pandemic would change that. But no, not at nope. all. How about a bill that would have dealt only with a global pandemic as it affects America and not load it with anything on either side of the aisle. They are unable to do that. They cannot do that. That is out of the question impossible. They won't do it. 
Because they're not leading lives bound by the parameters of the rules, regulations, and moral compelling that the rest of us face on a daily basis. Do you think if half of the Senate and House, half were eliminated by the COVID virus, half of them are dead, do you think that would change things? Do you think they would then see the reality of the situation? Uh, Yes, I think so. Well, it's going to happen because they were working elbow to elbow. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, boys, would you like to take a little breather and get yourself a sip of Mountain Dew? <laughs> Hello again, this is Mike Fratelloni from Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Fratelloni's is open every day till 6 p.m., seven days a week. Please come on in. We are practicing ultra no-touch social distance customer service. You're going to come in and we're going to say, hey, what can we help you find from 10 feet away? We're not going to touch you. You're not going to touch us. We're constantly cleaning our stores. We're really trying to be as safe for our employees and as safe for our customers as we possibly can. So be aware that our customer service is going to be a little different. Stop on at Fratelloni's right now. Come on in. Social distance customer service, Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne. Stay tuned for more Ask No. Hey, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to Joe... No, one more time. Hey, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to Joe... I hit the post! So, that was awesome. So I'm talking to my buddy Scott from Minnetonka uh, earlier in the week, and uh, he had... uh, he had stopped into DKMags.com in New Brighton the following week. So I guess that would have been yeah last week. Uh, and he had a goal in mind. He knew what he wanted to get, one of these really co- uh, cool uh, Ruger Mark IV 22 calibers. I've talked about them a lot there. It's a fun little firearm to have around the uh, the, the range or, or whatever. He completed that sale, and then he started asking the guys about a carry-style semi. I can hear you breathing, by the way. Seriously. Not me. Yeah, no, it, it's, yeah, you. it's you. It's I'm you. not breathing. I was holding my <laughs> breath. Anyway, Scott was asking about a carry-style semi-auto gun, but he wanted it as a range gun. He he has the permit, but he doesn't carry. Anyway, they bought, brought out this brand-new Glock Model 34. It's a 9mm small one, and he fell in love with it immediately. The point of the whole story is the price, and the price was so good, I'm not even going to tell you what it was. And the reason the price was so good... Scott is a GLer. You'd be shocked at what he didn't pay for that gun. He went home with two firearms from DKMags.com that day because, you know, GL. Uh, he said the shop was really busy. They're only allowing a few customers in at the same time and everything constantly being wiped down. So uh, they're trying to keep it safe there. If you're in the military or a veteran of the military or in law enforcement, guess what? you're going to get another 5% off the already lowest prices in town. A gun shop that's run by GLers, for GLers, and all of our friends. If you have the notion, get to DKMags.com, Old 8 up in New Brighton, or even Monticello Pond and Gun up in Cello. Be sure to mention the secret password, Garage Logic. I love these guys, DKMags.com. Okay, you can resume breathing, Joe. <laughs> Hail the flashlight, King. Hail, Hail you. you. The greatest generation came together in a big way in 1941 when we faced another worldwide crisis. Please check out this video from the New Brighton Historical Society showing how the Twin Cities Arsenal was built at the start of World War II. My grandfather was a grievance manager between the workers and management. My dad worked at the Arsenal during his high school years before joining the Army. 
you can skip ahead to about five uh, skip ahead to about five minutes to get to the interesting part of the video. I know you will find this story uh, interesting and it will take our minds off the present situation. The title of the video on YouTube is NBHS. I'm sorry, NBAHS Twin City Arsenal. If people want to uh, to check this out themselves, you go to YouTube and search for NBHS. What would that be? New NBA. Brighton Armament, uh, Armam- Oh, New Brighton, uh, uh, the New Brighton Historical Society. There we go. Twin City Arsenal. Okay. Uh, I'm going to save that, and I, I would like to do that myself. Uh, these are some emails I'm looking at but not printing because uh, the uh, printer has been giving me a, a very difficult, uh, a very difficult You've time. You've been yourself a battle with that printer this week. <clears throat> Well, as I, my theory is that it was not intended for industrial use. Let's spray a little WD on that thing, see what happens. No, it's just, uh, I'm sure it was intended, you know, you're going to print out your boarding pass once every six months. It did, it's, it's looking at me and saying, are you kidding me? I'm not going to work like this. <laughs> I need a day off. <laughs> it's, it's the, rookie, not, it's the yeah. rookie of printers. Right, you're not paying me enough. I'm not going to keep printing this thing. Oh, hey, speaking of uh, historical, did you guys see the Duluth news? What? I, well, what, what is it? Tell me. Uh, is it Glen Sheen? Is that the yeah, mansion up yeah. there? That's right. They're doing uh, online. They're doing the 360 visual tour since people can't come visit. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Have you have you guys? Because I've never been inside. Yeah, it's just a big house. If you haven't seen uh, the Congdon Mansion by now, you've got you've been living under a rock. Yeah. I ta- went, went through there in high that school. That thing's no more different than the average Dairy Queen. It was a snooze fest, Reaver, seriously. Here I thought it was you introducing something you know, the, cool. The, the greatest thing about that house is the marketing team. Really? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's just a house. Oh. It's a it's a nice place. And they, you don't get it's to, on the lake. You don't get to see the murder spot. No, oh. it's on the lake. You don't even and they, show and, the murder. And they are restoring uh, a boathouse, which intrigues me. Uh, they were able to pull a great big launch in there. It's a really neat place. I like it. But it, in typical Minnesota fashion, it's become it's become a, a get ready with the foghorn. Okay. In fact, because it's okay. because it's because Uh-oh. it's the I word here. It comes. Yes, it is, Kenny. Because it's in Duluth, uh, the Duluth double will suffice. All right. Uh, uh, Glen Sheen has become an icon. <laughs> <laughs> Ever been to the James J. Hill Mansion? I have not, and I wish I, I really need to get there. I thought that was fascinating. Uh, yeah, I like an old place as much as the next person. That guy is really, really interesting. I went there in the dead of winter with about fifteen other complete dorks like myself <laughs> to watch a slide presentation on all of the vessels that James J. Hill owned, all of his watercraft. Party! Boy, were we we were a crowd! I'll tell you. <laughs> There was some prematurely gray-haired 42-year-old <laughs> woman in there. I'll tell you that. Was there, uh, was there a lot of elbow and point? Like, hey, look, look at that Ooh. one there. Hey, look Ooh. at that one. Oh, look at the sasasa. <laughs> oh, where did he sail that? Oh, man. <laughs> that you is know. 100% something you would do. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd rather do that than watch this monkey pet a cat or whatever the hell it's doing on that show. Are you kidding me? Kenny saying, Joe, man, this is the best thing I've ever it seen is. in my life. So awesome. No, you some bleach blonde nutcase with a big tiger in his living room. What you, the hell? You know who will love it? 
our one o'clock guest. I would hope that he would watch it. Yeah. Joe, he's a gay guy that married two heterosexuals. That's our just... one o'clock guy? <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 He married, I have to laugh. He married two hetero guys. And just Where's the party? Kept hey, well, su- at, the, at the Tiger's house. <laughs> kept them supplied in meth. Our yeah. one o'clock guest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my money would be on Pat that he would not like that show. Oh, no, but here's why he will. He got nothing to do right now. No, 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 I'm serious, I'm serious. You uh, don't think he will? That's not his taste? My money's on Pat that he would uh, reject it as quickly as I did. Because if he's we, contrarian and everybody else is yes. in love with it. Joe, yeah. you're right. Yeah. You are right. If there is a chance of him liking it, it will be because it's super depressing. Mm-hmm. It, it ends up being very depressing. I have an email from Joe Laumiller who writes, Joe, you may already have seen these articles. I think it's quite interesting. There are a variety of different models being used to fashion policy responses to the pandemic. Holy smokes, if they have this much trouble with modeling an actual event, why would anyone have any confidence in the climate change models? Outcomes are so widely disparate based on assumptions fed into the model equations. Sometimes more people than you three should be forbidden from doing math. I also like their catchphrase for the U.S. modeling effort, riding the tiger, speaking of the tiger. Uh, What he's referring to is that much of what uh, the epidemiologists are relying on uh, is, in fact, computer modeling. I don't think that takes away from the danger of the disease. I don't think that lessens its impact in any way that they're using computer modeling. My take on this is that I don't find it. I don't find anything with the pandemic analogous to the people driving uh, changes to the climate because they think human beings are destroying the earth. And yes, those are based on models which have no basis in fact. At least the models they're trying to work with with coronavirus are based in fact. The point being, they're having trouble with those models, which further uh, corroborates the idea that the modeling to predict what the temperature will be 100, 100 years from now is more absurd than we ever imagined. Because here they're having trouble with real evidence, real facts, and and they, they're struggling with it. So don't tell me they got it figured out to tell me how much it's going to snow on this day 100 years from now. They'll never, they, don't have, they don't have it. But they'll never put those two together. That, that'll never happen. And mm-hmm. you could tell them that, and they wouldn't buy it. Uh, by the way, we do have uh, breaking news. The House has passed the $2 trillion coronavirus bill. You know what? Among the among the the sugar in there was some money for a sunscreen company in Kentucky. Whoever the Kentucky, who is that? Is that Mitch McConnell? Is he Kentucky? Mm, well, anyway, what, what does sunscreen have to do with this? Uh, again, it's just uh, well, but there were it might have I don't know if it does or it does not, but people were ripping. Was it was it Howard University being included? But well, they were they're part of the the process here, the research. Yeah, they're 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 part of trying to combat this. But people were going nuts about uh, that school getting. I think it was twelve million dollars. Hmm. Is fishing allowed under the uh, closed down order? Serious question in Minnesota. Can you hook up your uh, trailer? And go down to the boat ramp at Hidden Falls in the Mississippi, for example. Uh, launch your boat and go out on the river. Well, they haven't discussed that yet. Uh, it, it opens in May. I would think you'd be able to. Uh, um. Because the same Joel Laumiller writes, he's developed a new side hustle. 
The police are allowed to now stop us and question us if we're out for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Let me stop right there. I'm not. Is that true in Minnesota? I'm not sure that's it true. It will uh, be after midnight. I sent the pass to you. You should have received it in yesterday's uh, mail. What do you mean the pass? We each we, got we, a we have a pass from the home. Looking at uh, mine right here. Home. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Homeland Security. Yeah. Uh, this bearer of the letter is providing emergency communication sustainment and restoration support to critical communications infrastructure facilities in response to COVID-19 declaration of national emergency. Cool. We get a badge? Yeah. Well, no, it's a piece of it's, paper. It's a piece of paper. You put it That says card. we're among the essential? Yep. Or if you prefer the uh, expendable, because that's what we are. Yeah. We're the expendables. Well, this Joe fellow was wondering if uh, he could rent out his neighbor's 14-foot Lund boat <laughs> for 10 bucks an hour and 5 bucks extra. That's not uh, bad. If they have to use a receiver, that way they can always sh- claim they're going fishing. Yeah, I you're don't not, know if... I, I, I think, like, I might go up north um, tomorrow morning. They're, they're, they're not going to do anything to us on the freeway. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. Uh, big piece in the Pioneer Press today about how our northern uh, citizens... Uh, do not want the city it's arriving. I don't blame them. Well, but uh, there's two sides to that oh, coin. Oh, yeah, yeah, I the, know. Uh, those people have fine schools and paved roads because of the taxes paid on non-homesteaded yep. property. Yep. And, and uh, I, you know, if it's kind of ironic because there's probably a lot of people that that are planning to uh, to hide or take shelter or uh, spend some time at their lake place. There already are. Yes, absolutely. And, and they're rightfully so if you ask me. Me too. And there's there's feedback from the local populations up there that are saying don't bring your illness up here. Uh, and their good point is we're not equipped to handle it. That is we the don't, big point. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have the healthcare facilities, we don't have the doctors, we don't have the gloves, we don't have the respirators if it suddenly should break out here. But I I think they're being a bit extreme because those same people are coming down to the Twin Cities often and returning. Right. Who are they kidding? Right. They're coming down for various needs and, and going back to their places. And uh, I, I hope Minnesotans work this out uh, peacefully. I have no horse in the race. I have no place to go uh, up north. So it's not a, it's not a question for me. Uh, but it becomes interesting with you, Kenny. You have a second place up there, a, a farm that, that, as I understand, is fairly isolated. Yeah, and I it, can actually pull it off. I can go up there, like just for weekends, I, I can go up there and not have any contact with anybody whatsoever, bring my own food, and the only thing I have to do is go to the pay at the pump, uh, gas pump. And that's where right. Kenny calls it heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if I bring enough food, I don't have to see anybody for weeks at a time. Right. Right. But I, I hope that works out uh, peacefully. Uh, the last thing we need is uh, uh, frustrated uh, small town northern Minnesota, central Minnesota people uh, demanding that uh, those of us who live in the metro area stay away. I don't think that's a reasonable. I don't think currently that's reasonable. I uh, I have had a, a um, the unfortunate chance to, uh, I don't know how to word this, to use the emergency facilities up there, and I've always been greatly disappointed. So if I, in fact, was up there and uh, I got sick, I would just drive back down here. That's, that's what I would do. Yeah. I have used the emergency facilities in Cayuga uh, when a little kid got her foot terribly cut, but that was in the days of uh, peace and harmony and no disease. You know, mm-hmm. you walked in and they stitched you up. Yeah. You know, you know. Say, uh, I believe that rookies engage in another mechanical moment. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Really? No. I think so. Oh, yeah. I think so. Well, will you check in with him in a moment, please? We'll be back. 
Here's a man that's about to introduce a bit, Joe Souchere. <laughs> what production? Is it a bit or is it reality? <coughs> I, I'm, rookies. I'm worried rookies, that it's reality, Joe. Rookies mechanical moment. What are you up to today, son? Oh, God. Huh? Oh, my God. Uh-oh. I hear a tool. That's dangerous right away. What are you up to? Hang on. Turn it off. Please, turn the damn thing off. What are you attempting? It's a mechanical moment. Well, I hooked up the compressor. The compressor's fine. Yeah. But I was going to try to, I was cleaning out, um, you know, the scooter I was working on. Yeah. Um, I did call, uh, God bless him. Joe, I think he's using one of those, <laughs> I think he's using one of those tiny little. Hang on, com- <laughs> damn thing off. It's one of those small compressors that you use yeah. for nail guns. Yeah, or a why is it still up. running? Because you're 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 over your head attempting these. Re- um, <laughs> unplug it, Matthew. Unplug it from the wall. First of all, I did, but it's still it's still sending out air, Matt. <laughs> Matt, it's yeah. It's Come over here. I'll show you where it's blowing, Matt. <laughs> what is it? you're attempting to accomplish um what i what i wanted to do because there's a little extra time mm-hmm. and gabe is 15 he got his permit mm-hmm. so he wanted to revamp the scooter on its own with apologies to ecofun i'm already good with tim yep now uh that we changed the brake pad did you in fact really do that yes oh my I god and I you're gonna let a kid drive it well, well, we haven't it's, hasn't been started yet. Okay, continue. So it, it's not road ready because now you know that I got the battery, right? You saw me put the acid in the battery. Did you see that video? I that, did not. What did that battery okay. cost you? Like five bucks? Who buys a battery that you have to put acid and water in? Nobody does that anymore. Well, I I'd invite you to go to my Facebook page and, uh, and watch that because Gabe was with me there and it was very. Um, you have to. And I did the wrong thing. I did it on top of my Highland Sanitation trash. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't really a flat surface. Oh, mm-hmm. Anyway, but here's my, this is a serious, honest-to-God question. Yep. It's follow acid. We were fine. Now I'm trying to geez, um, hook up the battery to a, a slow charger. Right. 12 volt, 2 amp, it says. Trickle. Trickle charger. Sure. Okay. How long should that take? Uh, there's probably a red light and a green light, and the green light will come on when it's done or fully charged. No, there's no. It's, it's like a price is right thing where the um, there's a little needle. So there's not a. I know what you're talking about with the red light and the green light. The needle will the, descend. The needle will descend into a field of approval. Right. Yes. The needle will descend into a field of your charge now. But let me go back to you adding acid to it. The last time anybody had to add acid to a battery was about 1932. What are you doing, Matt? Nobody does that. I got a good deal on it. It You better have. uh, Yeah, they said it was the uh, GTX uh, 5 LBS. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. What about the compressor now? What are you attempting to accomplish? Now, no, wait a minute. If, 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 hello? Hello? Yep. If anything, yeah. just yep. let it charge for a couple of days. Trickle chargers are slow and gentle. Just let it go a couple of days. Jesus. And don't swear. Yeah, but it hasn't, it, it hasn't moved overnight. 
That's fine. Just because look. you probably bought a piece of bad battery. Okay, then let me ask you this: um, There's twelve with two amp and twelve with six amp. You you have a six amp. You don't have a twelve volt. No, that's the but charging rate. Just put it on. Put it, put it on six. I go on six. Yeah, put it on. I'm six. leaving it on six then. Okay. You got yeah. uh, so anyway. So you got three in the tree or four on the floor with that one. You're not helping. No. Chris. So this this is where my other problem was. <laughs> to get this thing started, I know I'm going to have to uh, clean out the uh, caliper the carburetor. Carburetor. <laughs> and last time Kenny told me that, what did I think? I think I cleaned out the carburetor. What was it? I, uh, probably the air, air box, probably the, the air, air thing. Yeah, the yeah, air the box and the air cleaner. <laughs> yeah. So, do you even know where the carburetor is? No. Okay. That's where my first. Let's take line a chance. Up. Open up the gas, the cap for the gas tank. Stick your face down there. Take a whiff. Tell me what it smells like. Does it smell like gasoline, or does it smell like varnish, or does it smell yeah. like chloroform? Yeah. <laughs> take a Ooh. deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> Big whiff. Take a huge Woo! whiff. I might not go back inside. Right. It smells like gas. It okay. Okay, it's good. Still clear. Okay, good. So I'm gonna we're gonna take a chance with this carburetor. The carburetor's attached to the air box. You somehow have to access the carburetor. On the bottom of the carb is what's called a float bowl. And there's probably a, a, a decent sized nut, or you would call it a bolt on it. You're going to need to turn that off, and it might be like a size 18 or 17 metric, something like that. Turn it off, and hopefully gas will drain out of it. And, Rookie, as Kenny was saying all of that to you, I was giving you the thumbs-up sign. <laughs> yep, go get them. But first, Matthew, wow. you've got to find the carburetor. But what really, really scares me about this is you actually, and you think you successfully put in new brake pads? Well, I watched the thing on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And it looked pretty darn easy, and I didn't have any extra um, screws, like you said. Okay. If you have extra screws over, that's bad. So I kind well, of you, usually pictures. usually not a lot of screws involved with a brake pad. Just let them call them what they are. Jerry. All right, he all right, all right. It's just it's and you then know, um, it's like interpreting. I'm going to need to get under this thing. I didn't need a creeper, huh? Uh, no, not, no, no, not really. No. It's uh, sit it's down, not that complicated. Sit down next to it. Um, yeah, but so I mean, are the new pads in the calipers? By that big, uh, yeah, the big brass thing. Yes. Oh, brass. Brass. Oh, oh he means the disc. It's the big wheel, but I didn't take that off. <laughs> the big wheel. Yeah. So It's the big, solid. Um, that's the wheel of the scooter it? itself? So you somehow replaced the calipers while the calipers remained on the front forks? because I Yes, that's off, what he did. Okay. I took off the four screws here, and we even cleaned it. We brushed it with a toothbrush and a pail, Yep. and uh, it was pretty dirty, and mm-hmm. then... Inserted the clips with the brake pads. Right. Yep. And then sealed her back up. But we haven't. Gone, we're not road ready yet because I can't start the damn thing. Have you? Well, well have you tried? Uh, did, did you squeeze the front brake at all? Are they are they mushy? Did, or are they no, solid? Kenny. 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 The question is, Rook, did you bleed the front brake? Oh God, don't. Oh, I bled her out. 
Yeah, yeah I, uh, I was. Uh, no, she was bleeding pretty good when I left. Yeah, and I, uh, I let her, I let her bleed for yep. a couple hours. Got to let her go. God, your knack scale is declining. If that's possible, Such, sometimes, yeah, this is... sometimes you can press those calipers open with like a screwdriver or right, something. And right. If there's any room in the reservoir, it'll just back up up the line. Yeah. But there's always yeah. a chance that you're going to get bubbles in there. So that's you, right. Like you said, I you went, you got to bleed the air out of that thing. That's the first thing uh, when I was doing my research is they said um, don't back up the line be, um, because it's you're going to get bubbles. Yeah, yeah. That's you don't want bubbles. bubbles yeah. are going to be uh, it, it's very it's chancy. Mess with the caliper went by there was bubbles every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember uh, blowing bubbles a long time ago. Is that's he right. still in Those town? Good old days. Yeah, I bet yeah. you do. <laughs> I might be doing it again. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, you you know, be careful. I don't want to hear any sounds of catastrophe. Oh, what what just what, what happened? What happened? I think he dropped the phone. Nope. I'm oh, there. oh. And by, something was leaning. Something was leaning up. By the way, Matthew, that so-called wrench that you were using when you made the post on Twitter. That's not an actual wrench that you use on machinery. That's a, that's a, what plumbers use. That thing did not work. It no, well, really there's well, a, it's there's, because it's not a wrench that you would ever use for that purpose. It fit. No. It just wouldn't grab. Right. Well, I I, uh, I wish you the best. I'm not hopeful uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I'm very concerned that you bought the wrong battery, yeah. uh, that you put the wrong mixture of acid. Well, yeah. What was that? Uh, it was the wrench uh-huh. 5-8 well eight. don't don't drop the wrench well, into the gas tank so, no no, no so, wait Matthew you're using a 5 8 5 8 yep. put yep. the all American wrenches away you're working on a Yamaha it's Japanese it's metric get out the metric wrenches and you'll probably oh only use an 8 a 10 a 12 a 14 and possibly maybe a 17 no on a bike like the headlight a bike like that, you should be able to rebuild the whole thing with about a 10 and a 12. Yeah, I mean, those are your Thank two you. main wrenches. Wait, time out. Yeah. Time out. Thank you for that compliment, Joe. What? what? On a bike like that. Thank yep. you. I, I appreciate that. That's <laughs> that's the respect I, I command. Matthew? Uh, <laughs> command? Matthew, what? I have a question about your air compressor. Is the air compressor the one that you bought with the nail gun? Yeah. That little tiny... Wait a minute. Speaking of which, I, I do have a... I'm going to send you guys a picture of this. I have an attachment to the, um, what do you call that, air thing, compressor. Yep. And it's it's a power mate. It's like a trigger, and there's like a, a spring on the end of it, and it plugs into the air compressor, but I don't know what it's for. Uh, either do I. You send me a picture, I'll solve that for you. Gonna I'm going to send you a picture. It says, yeah. risk of bursting, do not exceed. 90 PSI for safe operation. Right, right. Air must come out of it or well, something. It That's like an right. Air, it sounds like an air gun. That, yeah. it, is it, it, has it got a square fitting on the end of it that spins around? Yeah, you, uh, it's like a... Like a God, uh, I've um, never, Joe, I've never had to dumb spring. it down this dumb. No, it's becoming more difficult. Uh, I thought I was depressed before with the whole COVID thing. You've taken me to a whole new low. Yeah, this is not good. Uh, you know what? And, and in your honor, Joe, I'm yeah. offering you the first test ride. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you, uh, you can, we'll check this out. Good luck to you. We'll check in with you. All right, very good. Hey, by the way, don't forget, uh, go check out. I'm going I'm to tweet. I think I just tweeted out. Uh, see what I had for lunch today. 
I'm. This is really. I'm making. Uh, do you have lunch, that, dinner? Do you have that yeah. clown music, Reavers? Bring, right. bring up the clown. Goodbye. Music. Thank you. Goodbye. Good yeah, luck. Good luck. Good luck. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I have complete faith in him. I don't know what's wrong with you two, ladies and uh, gentlemen. That is not a bit. No, that he has no idea what he's talking about, and I'm very confused about having to add acid to a battery. Uh, wow. Maybe at the store, I've seen it done at the Honda shops, but uh, I, you should buy it with that already having been done. You go to a battery joint, you don't even yeah. spend 100 bucks. Right, right. We're going to uh, have sports in a moment. Stay tuned. This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. Do you make practical decisions based on being lucky? Do you have one agent representing only one company for your home and auto insurance? Are you hoping they are lucky enough to have the best coverage at the best price for you? Uh, the Canopy Group believes you deserve more than luck when it comes to your home and auto insurance. You deserve a true and tried process. The Canopy Group has a dedicated team of 30 professionals and hand selects their 16 companies. They match each client with the company that best fits their individual needs. This due diligence and hard work results in the best coverage at the best price for Canopy clients. No luck, just a disciplined and dedicated approach to serving you. Remember, new clients enjoy an average savings of over $600. Request a quote today at thecanopygroup.com or call 800-967-3389. I got a question for you. I'm ready. I got a question for you. You noted, I'm sure, that the great Curly Neal died this week. Yes, he did. Yeah. The age he, of 77. The guy who followed Marcus Haynes as the fantastic dribbler of the Harlem Globetrotters. Saw him when I was a kid. Yes. Probably a couple times. Let me ask you something. Yes. How, how, did, how did it come to be in these modern sensitive times that the Harlem Globetrotters continued to exist? Well, they certainly don't exist with the popularity that they did, but, right. uh, you know, they... I, uh, I don't understand your question. Oh, it's right out of Blackface Vaudeville. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it uh, is? It's a little bit of Amos and Andy. Yeah, it's a little bit of Amos it. and Andy. They're the, the black team that comes in and bees the f bees and is the foil to the white generals. Yeah, but they but kick they, the generals' the ass. Difference. They always beat them. Yeah. Well, okay. No, they make the generals look like dumb, white, cracker, hillbilly All rednecks. Right. <laughs> don't, uh, I, I've never... I've never <laughs> placed a racial thing on this Kenny, ever. Kenny, you're misunderstanding oh, me. I'm understanding you just fine. <laughs> I, I like the, like the Globetrotters, and I'm glad they existed. I'm surprised there hasn't been some sort of activist movement that bitched about it. That's what I'm surprised about. Well, uh, you know, if, uh, if an old chubby Jewish guy like Abe Saperstein still owned them, maybe that would be the case, but uh, I think it's a it's a African-American gent from Minnesota that owns the team oh, now. Okay. And, uh, and that maybe that ownership uh, that, makes or, a difference. Are I they still know. doing the dumb confetti, uh, confetti bet? Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. And then once in a while, there's actually water. Not very often, but once in a while, they actually throw the water. But the one that always got me 
was how a little red clots could never figure out that they had the uh, the basketball stuck in the back of their shirt. Yeah. Where'd it go? Yeah. He was, yeah. 300 times a year, they fooled Red on that one, man. He was a slow learner. Curly Neal was a high school star in Greensboro, North Carolina, and led Johnson C. Smith University in Charlotte to the Central Intercollegiate Athletic Association title. After averaging 23 points a game as a senior, he was inducted into the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame in 08 in a class that included North Carolina coach Roy Williams. Neal also was inducted to the Globetrotters Legends Ring in 1993. Now, was he not good enough for the NBA, Pat? Probably not. Probably mm-hmm. not. He, uh, you know, he, that's that's the generation when that uh, option existed. Uh, you know, the Globetrotters basically were a product of segregation when they started. Uh, right. And, uh, uh, you know, so the NBA didn't, you know, the NBA wasn't actually at the forefront of integration either. What, early 50s, I think, a fellow named Cooper, was it? But they, but, uh, but Curly was well in the age group that was playing in the NBA. Yes, yes, he probably was not good enough. Yeah, and he probably, yeah. you know, they they had to have some years there where they making some money. Oh, what yeah. A terrible lifestyle, though. I was oh. talking about this the other day. You're on the road 270 days a year. Right. Sometimes double headers. One o'clock at Worthington and eight o'clock at Mankato. You Isn't, know? That something? Isn't that something? And not just those are big cities compared to my podunk town that they came to. I mean, population 400, and the Globetrotters are playing in our gym. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've told this, I told it this week, I think. I went to the Worthington gym when Wilt Chamberlain was playing with him. Cool. Wilt Chamberlain left Kansas after his junior year. And you then the NBA was you had to it had to be your even you didn't have to graduate but it had to be your graduating class before you could go to the NBA so Wilt had you know couldn't go to the NBA for a year so he played with the Globetrotters. Did he have get his- this? Get this. Uh, between sixty three and eighty five, Neil played in more than six thousand games in ninety seven. <laughs> countries wow. Wow. wow and his wow. winning percentage was fantastic <laughs> probably nine 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 so he was the uh, the putin of celebrity hockey games then <laughs> yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah, yeah he was the uh, kim john hill of, uh, <laughs> of golf right hey so joe i yeah. you brought up the globetrotters i mentioned this to judd the other day because i was looking the 1961 Twins game, first ever Twins game. Mm-hmm. And there was a little story in there. All College All-Stars defeat Globetrotters. Mm-hmm. And this is, okay, April 11th of uh, 1961. So the Globetrotters used to, at the end of their several seasons there, there would be a bunch of college seniors that they would get together, and these guys would tour the country uh, and play all over the place. And at that point, on April 11th, they were playing in Bosman, Bozeman, Montana, and they'd already played 14 games. Oh, but, boy. But it would be a more serious form of basketball. They would, you know, they would try to win, and they would keep track of it. And the Globetrotters in 61 were still good enough to uh, – 
to uh, compete with a bunch of uh, college all-star seniors. Pat, uh, I thought of you guys over the weekend because this was in no way an attempt to escape my wife and children, but the neighbor was running the 65 World Series games on the radio over the weekend. That was fantastic to listen to. The home opener in 1961. Yes. It was April 21st, 1961. Wow. They were on the road for 10 games, uh, or for 10 days. They started April 11th. They got rained out the next day. They got, no, they didn't have a game schedule the next day. You know what? Yankee Stadium, gentlemen, remember the good old glory days of baseball, 1961? Mm-hmm. Home opener, defending champs, cold day, 14,000. Oof. You know what the crowd was for the very first ever home game in 1961? 24,606. And you know why? Because they were still building the second deck. It was clear at game oh. time, sunny and 63 degrees. As the afternoon wore on, the winds kicked up out of the west, aiding the flight paths of Don Mincher and Lenny Green home runs, as well as dropping the temperature into the mid-50s. The Twins lost 5-3 to three in dramatic uh, fashion. Who'd they play? They played the expansion, Washington Center. That's right. That's right. Joe that's McClain right. pitched, but not during that game, but during that season, as you came to the ballpark, and if you got there early for batting practice, you could hear the construction. Yeah. They were still banging away up on that deck. They were building during game days, and then they'd stop during the game. So then it was much like after the last Vikings game when we were tearing apart the stadium yes. after the conclusion. Your lineup was Zoyo Versailles, shortstop, Lenny Green, center field, Don Minster, first base, Bob Allison, right field, Jim Lemon, left field, Earl Batty, catching, Reno Bertoya, third base, Billy Gardner, second base, Camille Pasquale, pitching. And uh, it just happens I have a little book in my hand that would have all of that information that called Once There Was a Ballpark. I've heard of that uh, book. Oh, yeah. well, you mean first game at Met Stadium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Camilo pitch that game? I thought yeah. Scott pitched it. Okay. Nope. You had Camille. a nice piece the other day about the first first game. Oh, yeah, that was uh, – I, I enjoyed doing that because Pedro Ramos is uh, one of the most interesting characters in Twins history, even though he's only here one year including the fact that he became a cocaine cowboy in Miami and served three years in federal prison. Uh-huh. That's amazing. Wow. And then he's now living in Nicaragua, still alive. He married like some raving beauty of Cuba, you know. He's just some gorgeous woman, but there's some suggestions that perhaps Pedro was a bit rambunctious on the road. And uh, I don't think that one lasted too long. What was and, a, what was a quote about? Uh, I didn't room with him. I roomed with his suitcase. Camilo, who's a great guy, and he got more of a straight arrow. Well, the old Jimmy Reese's quote about Babe Ruth was: "They said, yeah, you were Babe's roommate." And he said, "No, I was a roommate with his suitcase." Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> so I mentioned that to Camilo, and he said, "Yeah, that was me." I roomed with Pedro's suitcase, and then I roomed with Boswell, and I roomed with his suitcase, too. (laughs) Uh, Reavers and Kenny, I bet Patrick gets this. Uh, Who pitched for Washington at that home opener? Joe McClain. He's got it, ladies and gentlemen. What did you do yesterday? Right. What did you have for lunch? (laughs) No. How about, what did you do an hour ago? (laughs) Where are my keys? I can't find them. I can't find these $101 bills. Yeah. (laughs) But Joe McClain, baby.
Mm-hmm. And we were we walked out of there uh, very disappointed because uh, we thought the expansion senators would be easy fodder for our boys. Had you moved to Prior Lake by then, or was that a road nope. trip from Folda? No, no, not sixty one. We were still in Folda, yep. but the old man wouldn't have missed the opening oh, game. Oh hell no! Where were your seats? Uh the part of the second deck that was uh, done down the left, it, obviously behind th- behind third base because first yep. base wasn't done yet. Right. So uh, and up in there, but they were they were good seats. You yeah. never had bad seats with Richard. No. <laughs> Even if you had bad seats, you turned them into good seats because you moved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yesterday would have been the home opener uh, of this season in Oakland, where it was about 55 degrees. Uh, yeah. How about yesterday here would have been gorgeous. Well, how about today would have yes. been gorgeous, too. Tomorrow yeah, we might Sunday be in trouble, though. though. Yesterday yeah. was uh, I took a walk, and by God, I'm going to do it again next week. <laughs> 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 That's a good one. <laughs> I like that. Hey, uh, I was going to ask you guys something. Pat, I attempted to call you the other day while it was fresh in my mind. Uh, you two were on the air at AM 1500 for quite some time, but I believe I heard a very first gentleman in the long and storied history of AM 1500. I was listening to the Mackie and Judd extravaganza, and our guy Doogie was on, in which he spent five minutes Asking himself and answering his own question. <laughs> oh, really? Beating Brett Favre's world record. World record. Doogie is Doogie surpassed Favre. It was spectacular, man. Kenny, when Favre came back the second time, you know when he came when he came back. Yeah. I mean, not the second time, but when he came back and when we chased him from him the air. Neck, yeah. His opening press conference, by actual count, he answered. Eight questions from the media and 34 questions from himself. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Well, that's how you control a press conference. (laughs) Did I want to? Did I want to come back? I don't know. Not really, but they gave me 20 million. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, it's, uh, I don't know. Here's the deal, though. I mean, people are out walking around with the kids yesterday and riding their bikes together and, uh, What's the deal here? What's the, we're supposed to stay in, but it's fine to go out, right? So well, distance. You can go out, Pat. You're just not going to walk with a gang of ten people. You can just stay away so from the, the other the, people. The secret is, don't you know? Stand within. If we don't stand within six feet of each other. Only 70% of us are going to get this instead of 80. Is that it? Yesterday I was on my walk, and I was as I walked along, I was having a conversation with a dad on a bicycle talking to his daughter. I didn't know the guy, but he's given this serious. He's really trying to be careful talking to his little kid about, about grandpa. And I said, man, that's a, that's a tough conversation you're having. He said, yeah. Well, it turns out his grandfather's got some compromised health conditions, and they're trying to keep him from going to the store, and he's trying to explain yeah. to the kid and it was uh i've never heard a conversation like that before it was pretty interesting well uh you know this grandpa's stay away from people okay i can i can go i can i can go along with hell you've been life. snubbing people all your life that's nothing. i know i was yeah. the uh, famous I, patrick I, line keep moving pal yeah keep moving <laughs> <laughs> of course you know, Joe, you were when you when there'd be 150 people out there with pieces of paper 
out in front of you when the show got ended. You went out that back door. You were social distancing pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah you're damn right. Hey, what happened to Joe? He's on the bus already. For yeah. <laughs> it's, no. uh, damn, it's, it's uh, unbelievably boring, though. Royce, you gotta do. <laughs> yes, you gotta do us a favor, Royce. Never ever wait till the end of the day to tweet. You scared the hell out of me. Yes. I am well, not I was kidding. To write that piece. You know, that's our way of checking in on you. That's is he how tweeting? we. Yeah, that's how we know you're okay. You're bugging the crap out of us with all your tweets. I was uh, looking for cash, man, which I still haven't found. Oh. I'm getting to the point now. I'm wondering if I made that up too. Tiger King. We have to ask you about Tiger King. Did before you watch we let you it? Go. Did you watch it? I have not watched it yet, no. Oh. Well, my money's on Pat. Okay. Such says you're going to hate it. Really? Well, he hates it. Pat, I gave it I gave it 20 minutes. I don't need this crap in my life. It's just some guy with a monkey in his house or a <laughs> uh, or a big lion or something and he's half baked and it's just uh Royce, you think you pathetic. I got to tell you this, Joe. Yeah. My standards for TV have gotten way lower <laughs> since we can't leave the house and there's no sports. See, I My knew standards, it. I'm, I'm not, I realize that you're not going to have four stars for everything. I'm down to about two now. But, Royce, yeah. you think you know weird. You think you know oddball that you've met characters. Brother, you ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, he, he had a tiger eat somebody or something? Uh, maybe? You know what? All I can do is tell you to watch it and give it more than just the first episode. My, my money's on Pat. He won't make it through the first episode. You know how hard up I am? There's this, there's this <laughs> third string romantic comedy, plus one. Never heard of it. And there's a Asian chick in it who plays the, the love interest. What's yeah. her name? Uh, I don't know. Is she the one Maya that always something? Yeah, okay. And she's Maya Erskine, and she's like a. She doesn't. Nobody even knows who her is. She is a hoot. I watched it for the second time in a week last night. <laughs> Maybe my money's not on yep, that. I knew it. <laughs> is that? It's a movie, right? A rom com. Yes, it's great. It's, it's, she's hilarious because she's drunk all the time and uh, doing goofy stuff. And, is it but, on? Oh, it's on Amazon. Um, where can I Amazon find it? Amazon or Hulu. Hulu, or Hulu. good. Yeah, I'll you find got it. Hulu? Yeah, I do. I'll Hulu's watch it this good. afternoon. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, check it out. Of course, you didn't. Uh, I'm not checking quite it out. As excited about JoJo Rabbit as I was. Either. Oh God, I thought it was horrible. I just uh, maybe it's me. Maybe there's something wrong I with think me. It could be you. Yeah, yeah it could be me. Could well, be you're, me. You're, you know, if somebody's not fixing anything, you don't want to watch it. <laughs> Pat, Pat, Pat. Yeah. Shit's Creek, unwatchable. Unwatchable. Four unwatchable. Minutes. Four minutes. Yeah. I gave it fifteen. Funny. I Four gave it. Minutes. Gave it 15. Yeah, I didn't last 15 minutes. It's just dreadful. It's dreadful. They were just so unlikable. It's just such a cliche. The whole thing was ridiculous. It was about a C-minus effort. I couldn't stand it. Couldn't stand it. Yeah, I agree. But they, you know, they draw everybody in with the name, right? We got to watch this, right? But yeah, Yeah. I made it up through five, six minutes, I guess. Oh, oh, I I thought you were a booster of the damn thing. Oh, God, oh. no. I watched oh, good. Minutes. And Pat and I are on the same page on that one, and so is yeah. Kenny. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I like uh, Kenny. Kenny and I, our humor is pretty close. Have, what can you tell me, Patrick, about Little Miss Sunshine? Uh, Dave Harrigan uh, was a big proponent of that. and uh, yeah, Overrated, oh. but it's got Alan Arkin, so it can't be. 
I mean, it's not, not, no, who's the guy? It's not Alan Arkin. You no, know, Alan Arkin is in it. Okay, yeah, it's not yeah. Alan Arkin. Yeah. He's, but no, it's a way overrated. Okay. Pat, have you read Jim Harrison's books? Yes. Legends of the Fall, uh, Brown Dog is a collection of novellas. I'm reading the current one, or the most recent one that I could find, called The Great Leader. I can't recommend it enough. Oh, really? I How can't do I get recommend. it? Amazon. I, I suppose you have to go to Amazon. Oh, well, Barnes, uh, Barnes and, I think and Barnes & Noble, open? I think they're considered essential. I think they are. Oh, I think good. Barnes & Noble's open. You call first, I bet they're open. Wow. Well... Jim Harrison, the great leader. They all take place up in, uh, most of them take place up in the uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and it's just fascinating. I'm just, very upset with myself, though. Amor Towles, uh, yes, Towles, whatever yes. it is. Like the gentleman from Moscow is my favorite book of the last decade. Me too. So I started reading the rules of what's the rules of what? rules of civility. Rules of civility. Read a hundred pages. Put it down. Didn't pick it up. I forgot about it for three months, and now I gotta go read those hundred pages all over. I I liked it as much, really. I really did. Uh, I know the first hundred. It, it doesn't. It doesn't have that same panache as uh, Gentleman in Moscow, but it's pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good. Alrighty, Rules of civility. Yes. Well, uh, you have a fine weekend. Well, wait a minute uh, now. You're, <laughs> I you're, gotta let you go. You're wait done minute, with I, us. Wait a minute. Don't kiss any strangers. No, I got a question for you. <laughs> You're the most bored guy in America, and you're now dumping us. Yeah. What do you got to do? Yeah. yeah, what the hell? I got to finish a cow. Okay. Oh. And all, right. I, all I got to tell you it is, you know, I have a, a time been accused of not going directly at the topic. You've uh, you've buried a lead or two. <laughs> yeah, I've heard yeah, that. Well, this is about Samantha Seliger Swenson, the great gopher volleyball player. Yeah. But right now it's about bullfighting. So uh, we gotta, okay, you're gonna get around we to her eventually. Get her back to volleyball here. Do I got to go to the jump page to find out what you're writing about? <laughs> I know right. where your hundred dollars. You know what writers say? <laughs> you know what readers once in a while say? Boy, you know it takes you long to get to the topic. I say, That's your problem. I, <laughs> I write for one person. He's the fat. Ass standing right in front of you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, all right, Patrick. All right. Your hundred dollars right. are in an envelope tucked in the visor, the passenger seat of your no, car. Oh, that's been searched. Oh, all right. That's I'm unaware searched. of this story. What happened? I got a hundred one. I got a hundred ones not to go to the strip joint, but to give to uh, a relative for a birthday. Right. Put them in an envelope and made sure I put it in a secure location, which right. I can't remember where. <laughs> All, right. All, right. All right. But he remembers who pitched on opening day. <laughs> That's right. Joel 61. McClain. Joel McClain. <laughs> yes. All right. Goodbye. See you. Goodbye. Yeah. I'll tell you something, boys. Yeah. No one can bury a lead. Better than Patrick. Oh, he's made it, yeah, it's his just, life's profession. I'm making you work for it. <laughs> and he doesn't care. Drives no. me crazy. But the thing is, he keeps me hooked. I never get bored and back out I and agree. shut him down. I agree. He's got me hooked. Well, why, well, but, okay. Speak for yourself there, well, Thorny. Why does it bother you so much? <laughs> yeah. Out of curiosity. Because I want to know what the hell he's writing about. But isn't that I don't want to have fun? to read. No, I don't want to read twelve paragraphs to find out we're talking about Joel McClain. Reavers, it's the same reason why he doesn't like Joe Exotic, the lion, uh, the Tiger King. He's just not the guy. No, he's no, not, no. What? He's a bad waiter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know that might be the point, Reeves. Seriously, I bet that that is it. Say, uh, Grunhoffers is doing you a favor. 
Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, right on Highway 61. If you don't want to go there in person, and I'm sure GLers are still flooding the place, you can call in your order in advance. They'll place the order in your trunk, or they'll place it outside the door for you to pick up. You can even pay for your order over the phone, 651-426-2800, 651-426-2800. Business is gangbusters. Spencer sold, a week ago tomorrow, uh, Spencer sold 700 pounds of beef. You don't think this is the best meat market in town? You just haven't tried it yet. Uh, you go online at, uh, we did this yesterday, Reeves, it's Grunhofer's Meat Market, right? Yep, dot com with one com. F. One F. Grunhofer apostrophe S meat market? Nope. nope. You can't Grun- have an apostrophe in a website. No. Kenny, it's an important client. I'm trying to get it accurate, okay? <laughs> Grunhofermeatmarket.com. Uh, select your items. Call ahead. There you go. They'll have it waiting for you. Do you think, bang, bang, Do you boom. think he can beat 700 this weekend? It wouldn't surprise me in the least. Well, considering the fact that he's going to have perfect grilling weather today, and then Sunday's also supposed to be decent later in the day. Yeah, tomorrow's supposed to be a washout, huh? Yeah. That'll be fun. Uh, 651-426-2800. That gets you in touch with the city desk. That's right. Uh, at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market in Hugo on Highway 61. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I, uh, I, I suggest give it a try, and you will join the legions of garage logicians who have found it to their everlasting liking. Gentlemen, yes, sir. Breaking news in the world of our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Are you ready? I am. Curbside pickup is now available at both the South Minneapolis store. That's the home of Kenny Olson and Chris Reavers, 42nd and Hiawatha. But now also at their new store, which is up in White Bear Lake at Highway 61 and 4th Street. Here's what you do. You go to the web store, Elevated website. Website. No, the Elevated store, the web. online shop. Web. Oh, I'm sorry. Store. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Elevated.shop. There, you pay th- through the web store. Just park and text the store when you are outside, and they will put it directly into your trunk, of course, after checking your ID, just to make sure. It's completely contactless pickup you can also have it delivered by the way they are still doing that through their app which you just search elevated beer in your app store which <clears throat> i i did last week mm-hmm. i had work it, i had it sent here nice it was great she wait a she, minute she actually parked right next to my vehicle in the parking lot it was wait fantastic wait a minute wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute. check it on out you took a liquor delivery at work hey i was very committed <laughs> To a client. You should see it around here, Joe. It's, There's uh, nobody here. It's, it's the way work should be. Yeah. Let, me, let yeah. me put it that way. I walk yeah. in, I say, what's up, dummy? We do the show and see you later. It's fantastic. You know, what's, go ahead. you know what's ending in my life? And I say this with great sadness. Uh, the days of me getting an actual paycheck are over. I have, they're forcing me to uh, yeah. 
yeah. go to, uh, what do you call it, direct deposit? Direct deposit. I screwed that up, though, on the computer, so now it's got to still be in the mail, but i got to figure it out That's somehow. Joe? He's yeah. he, he's almost done with the elevated spot. Okay, elevated right. to BWS. I just wanted com. I wanted elevated to know this in, there, in case they're wondering where my money is. Uh, but Ryan and Tom oh. are the owners of both of those locations. They are huge fans of Garage Logic, and they are so excited to be part Speaking of the GL Speaking of podcast. elevated and money, yeah. I was in their store a week ago and whipped out the wad, and they said, "No, use your card." Yeah, well, and I, uh, yeah, and this was the one on uh, on Hiawatha, Hiawatha that I go to. Yeah, so it's cards only. Yeah, they. they oh, then I'm done because I don't have a card. Well, are you finished? Because I want to address that. Are no, go done? right ahead. Go right ahead. So you're going to have to. And the credit union sent out an email a week or so ago uh, addressing people like you, Such, You've got to get the card. You've got to start paying at the pump. You can no longer go in. Um, and I'm not just advising this. I'm telling you this. Stop going into the gas station. I have uh, wipes. I got the disinfectant wipes. Jesus. Yeah. I cleaned the handle and the whole thing. When you die of the COVID, I am going to scream at your coffin. I am going to be so mean at your funeral. He wouldn't get a card. Just for the want of a card. He had to pay with money. Sarah writes... My four older siblings were born in a span of 49 months. My mom had to be frugal, so most breakfasts were oatmeal. One morning, mom noticed everyone was done, but my brother had a full bowl. She told him he had to eat all of it. He blubbered as he ate the whole thing. Only later did one of my sisters tell mom that he was crying because she made him eat it twice. Mom didn't know he had upchucked the first bowl. <laughs> So, oh what, God, help what, me! What, what did Sarah go on to say? Anything else? Uh, can't bring myself ever to eat it. All hail Sarah Weeks! Oh. Yeah, yeah. Just like when the cat does that in the kitchen, I'll just it's lap okay. her back up. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, <laughs> Reavers. Oh, poor kid. Yes, sir. Uh, Sanibel Jim still has reliable uh, sources. Okay. In the Chicago Police Department and the FBI. So this can be accepted as actually having happened. Jesse Smollett claims now that two Chinese men in mega hats coughed on him. (laughs) 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 Timing is everything, isn't it? Timing is everything. Uh, Whoa! Whoa. (laughs) Oh, hey now! That case pretty much went away, didn't it? With the outbreak of the COVID? No, he's still lingering through the courts or a lot something. Of, a lot of things went away. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Remember that whole impeachment deal? Barely. Uh, yeah. He, uh, has, he has no idea what you just said. No, Hail he, the fireworks commissioner. Hail you. Joe, with all the COVID-19 coverage lost and all the hysteria, is the current state of March sadness. That means the loss of March madness. Now, I'm not a conspiracy kind of guy, but just think about this for a minute. We have not had any tournament basketball in March, nor have we had the traditional March blizzard, which comes with it. Correlation? Who is really controlling the weather? Is it possible that with reduced emissions because of reduced human activity, we have actually changed the weather? I am intending that this is most definitely uh, sarcasm. Please roll the garage door up. 
We need a little lift in these interesting times. Alan Fram and Moundsview. Now, you'll note, you'll note that as Reavers started the scramble, it was started with the uplifted garage That's door. Right. Yes, sir. That does not mean that does not mean that today is an opener. It just means that on a Friday scrambles, we, we just open that door. In fact, let me tell you what the current temperature is. I was just is. looking at as you were speaking. I have 50. 55. That's what I have, too. Wow. 55. 55. We had no crashes this morning. I've got a traffic map up now. Within the loop, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine crashes within the 494, 694. Is this loop. the hurry up to get home Friday crowd? I don't get it. There's no delays on the system, uh, and there's no crashes, hardly any crashes in the morning, but every afternoon. We get a whole ton of crashes. Reavers, what would be the hurry to get home? I know. It's A, A, or B. That's what I don't get. It's uh, like I, I, I can answer that. Oh. Oh. If you're quarantined, <laughs> Wait, you have two choices. <laughs> Wait, you can't. i got to get the hell out. Yeah. Oh, well, that should answer your people in a panic to get home quickly. B. No, because I think people, you know, on a Friday afternoon, they want to get, although a lot of people aren't working, so I guess there's... I will say this. I will say this. Although it's not an official opener, you know, if it's 55, 56, 57 degrees and you're standing around later this afternoon, there is certainly no ordinance in Gumption County that would prevent you from an open garage door. Let me tell you... Because of coronavirus, you are going to be quarantined, but you have a choice. Do you, A... Quarantine with your wife and child, or B. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm choosing B. I mean, I'm going to laugh every time I hear that. <laughs> Me too. Until the end Me of time. too. So I'm sitting on the deck yesterday afternoon, and when planes aren't taking off over my house, yeah, I can see them coming in from um, like Lake, uh, like what's south it's of called Lake Nokomis. No, south of uh, Calhoun, uh, Harriet. Harriet. I can see them from Harriet and then down over Nokomis, etc. I love that. There were no airplanes at all. I didn't see any any uh, coming in. I didn't see any taking off. It was super quiet. So I composed the tweet. The tweet says uh, that it's so quiet in South Minneapolis, I'm not even hearing gunshots, right? And then I thought, nah, and I deleted it, went on with my life. That night, last night, 8 o'clock, gunshots on my block. Really? You know what one of my favorite things yeah, I've ever done? That's, that's my story. Wow. One of my favorite things I've ever done is we were between houses about 10 years ago, and we had rented a place to live. Uh, and I remember this. We gave you a lot of guff about this. Well, I could sit on the stoop of this rental, and I could see uh, airplanes uh, coming in from the northeast heading northwest to the airport. Yeah. And I could time them. And I just found that the most interesting thing in the world. It was about a minute, 40 seconds between planes. And it occurred to me how how uh, skilled those guys are. Oh. <laughs> they, they get one shot yeah. to put that baby down because they got one right on their tail. It's amazing when they're coming in. We never hear them, but we can see them lined up for as far as the eye can see coming oh, in. Oh, I love that. Two I love that. by two. It's really, really neat. Oh, and then the when, stopwatch going, the whole deal. And then <laughs> when they it. hit the ground, you can hear the engines back up. Yep. But they're so far away that it's not loud for us. Yeah, now that you mention it, I am detecting... More infrequent air travel. Yeah. Well, did you yeah. see the photo of uh, Atlanta? Yes. Oh, they got about 80 of them parked on one of the runways down there. Wow. Yeah. It's the only thing that apparently is going to work, fellas. Yeah. Physical distancing. Have a great weekend, GLers. Okay, I didn't know.
know if there was another line after that. I didn't know either. I think I'm going to go to Elevated. Oh, man. And don't forget to sign up for home delivery. Because you, you are the prime candidate to do that. I'm right, Kenny. right there. Yes, sir. Uh, before you leave the building, will you forward me that email, please? I'll go do it right now. Have a Do nice it right week- now before you forget. Have a nice weekend, Mr. Uh, Suchere. It's a, it's a pleasure and a joy working with you. <laughs> All right. I really like and respect you. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Joe. GarageLogic.com to download past and previous episodes and also check out the online GarageLogic store. And please don't forget to rate and review the show. We welcome all feedback, don't we, Kenny? Um, well, we'll, we'll talk to you again on Monday. Uh, Have a good weekend, GLR. Stay all right, safe. Thank you.